We're grateful. We continue our series on Faith Moves Our Giving. For some of you that's here in Rome, you wonder why you hear a, a noise in addition to me speaking. It's because of the translation. We translate our services um, live in Italian, and then online on our podcast, they're they're translated also in Spanish, so the world can hear it in at least two languages. And we're about to go to a few more languages, but, you know, it's amazing how God's church is big. And when we honor God in our service under the Lord, so I want to tell you about honoring the Lord. Next week is our mission service. And historically in Rome, the nations of the world, which... Normally, about 80 nations of the world attend this church. Uh, everybody in, you know, in Rome, there's 80 nations that come to our church. And they dress in the colors of their country. And I mean, you talk about extravaganza. You talk about nice. You talk about very cool. The Americans dress in blue jeans, and then the world dresses in all these colors. It's really cool. And that's what's going to happen next week. So maybe in your home, you could dress up in the country that uh, you're attire and send us a picture of what you did in your country uh, to uh, emphasize our missions. We are a missions church, but we are a missions giving church. We love to give to missions in our church. And there's a number of endeavors around the world that we partner with every year to give to missions. And so next week, I'm asking our online campuses and our live campuses to bring a special missions offering to church next week. So if you normally give an offering once a month to missions, I want you to bring an additional offering next week. Because what I'd like to do is I'd like to give an extra offering to all of our missions endeavors. They don't know it's coming, I guess now they do because I just said it publicly online. But I feel that at the end of the year, at Thanksgiving and Christmas time, it would be appropriate for us to give an additional offering to our missions endeavors around the world. So think about that. Pray with me as I continue my series today. Maybe the Lord will speak to you. As you can tell, we've brought the offering baskets back to the front. Because during this series of messages on Faith Moves Our Giving, I've emphasized the point that we all must be faithful. You can't just randomly give a token to the Lord. You've got to be faithful in your giving. If you want what Miss Jackie told you today, the blessings of God in your life and in your family and for future generations, then you have to understand God's principles. So this month, we've been teaching those principles to you. And our key verses came from Philippians chapter 4, verse number 17 and verse number 19. It's there in the various languages, so whichever one you read, that's for you. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Verse 19 says, and my God, that's the verse most people have heard many times, and my God shall supply all your need. So whatever you have need of, God will supply it according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So today, as we launch into week number three of this series on Faith Moves Our Giving, the question has been my theme for this month, how can I help you? It comes from the question that the prophet Elisha said to the widow. 
It's the story of 2 Kings chapter 4, verse number 1 through 7. I'm not going to read that again this week, but if you've not read that for one time, I'm going to paraphrase that story. Here is a lady that just lost her husband. He was of the prophets. So Elisha knew him and the prophets in that area knew him. So he was a man that feared the Lord, but he died. And in his death, he left some debt. And the payment of that debt to the creditor was that the creditor was coming, made the announcement, I'm coming to take your two sons. How appropriate today in our schedule of events that, Charles, you bring your two boys to the church today. So here in church was the two boys, and they made an announcement. Can you imagine the pain and suffering in Charles' face if there was an announcement to him that because he owed debt that he would have to lose his two sons? Wouldn't that be terrible? He, would, he wouldn't know what to do. He would fight. He would do whatever was within his power. Well, the problem was, in this Bible story, this lady came to the prophet and said, Prophet, I've lost every, I don't have anything. And the man responds, Elisha responds to her and says, how can I help you? That's a question. So she's about to lose her two boys, and the question he asks is, how can I help you? But he immediately follows that up with, what do you have in your house? Immediately, I mean immediately says that question to her. Now when you think about it, what do you have in your house? That would not be a good question. But this month I've been trying to teach us that God has a way. He will supply all your needs according to His riches. And a lot of times the response should be, what do we have? God's ready to take what we have and make it increase and make it abound and make it grow. It's amazing how God works. You say, well, wouldn't it be great if just the money came and dumped on my lap and all of a sudden there was the answer to my prayer? Sometimes that happens. A miracle happened for one of our young ladies in this church who came to the altar a couple weeks ago to say, I have need. I'm about to lose my housing in my university because I've extended my time. I need a miracle. And I prayed with the young lady that day, just two weeks ago, here in the front. And this week, the lady that is attending of our church received a 45,000 euro scholarship. Now to me, that's an abundance. But she had to do something. She didn't just sit back and say, well, I'm going to say a few prayers. What do I have in my house? And she evaluated, went to certain ways of filling out the applications and explained what she potentially could do. And something she never thought could happen, happened. See, when we trust God with our resources, God has a way of making it multiply. He takes a few fishes and turns it into feeding 5,000. You see what I'm saying? It's a multitude effect. It's, it's how God takes what we have and makes it overflow. So today, as we continue this series, the prophet says to this lady, 
the woman, and listen to this, the woman, the mother about to lose her two sons said, I have nothing. Now, you think about that. I have nothing except a small jar of olive oil. Now, when you think you're about to lose your two boys because you don't have the money to pay the debt, I'll guarantee you a small jar of olive oil will not pay that debt. But she answers the question, what do you have in your house, to the man of God and says, all I have is a small jar of olive oil. Now, the woman was in such a desperate need, such a desperate situation here. You know, the response was that question. And I think that should be our response. Maybe you find someone that's in need. You should, number one today of my points, ask the question. That's not a bad thing to start the conversation. Ask the question. It may be someone that you find out what's going on in their life and all of a sudden there's a need and you say, well, what do I do? Ask the question. That's a good thing. And I think the response from the prophet, how can I help you? That's not a bad way to respond. It's not being negative. It's being thoughtful and courteous because you don't know the whole story. We're not sitting here trying to evaluate people. But the question, how can I help you, is not a bad response to the, even the first question. Ask the question. Ask it. You'll find out that how can I help you will bring some information that will help you. Some of you, as we've been teaching this month, are in one side or the other. Some of you today are doing well. The COVID pandemic has not had you lose your job. You've kept your job. Some of you have kept your scholarships. Some of you have maybe in the, not maybe, I know of, some of you have even gotten increase in the middle of the pandemic. That's amazing how that works. But there's others in our fellowship that have lost their jobs or they've been cut back on their hours. A couple weeks ago, we gave the largest amount of food away that we've given since we've had our our, our area that we give food to families. Now, I, I understand that because we know of the stories in our congregation of people that have lost their jobs. And one way we can help in our church is we give food to people. Food can help. That's, that's a part. We can do something. I believe our church should do something when there's a family in need, we should do something. You say, well, what about prayer? Prayer is always a good place to start. But I'm always of the mindset that we should put some action on our feet. Some feet on our prayers. You know what I'm saying? We should do something. You can't just sit back and the answer to someone, I'm about to lose my two boys. Okay, I'll pray for you. Well, I'm sure they want your prayer. But they would really like a little bit of help. And so that's why I've entitled this area today, and you can see these jars. You'll say, what, what are all those jars for? Well, my sub-message today is called, It's the Jar Lady. And you're going to hear this story today because number two says, i got to prepare for the answer. <laughs> i got to ask the question, but i got to prepare for the answer. What, what, what is the answer that I'm about to give? 
The person making themselves available to the one in need. Some of you are in that position that you could say, well, I can help. Well, then next week, bring a special offering for missions. Or bring some more money in your tithes and your offerings. And watch how this church is able to do more. See, I guarantee you, you can't solve all the needs of the people. But as a group, we can solve a lot of them. When we put our resources together, it's amazing what can happen. In my online campus, you've been so faithful in your generosity of giving. Continue to do that. Through this Thanksgiving period, for those of you that live in the Americas, watch what God can do. As we are thankful for God and what He's blessed our homes with, it's amazing what God can do to solve the needs of other people. Because some of you are in the position to assist. Some of you are in the position today to help. Some of you are in the position that you have need. Well, I guarantee you, I can tell you, but my God shall supply all of your need according to His riches. How rich is God? I think he's got it all. Right? You think about it. When God is making a place for us for eternity in heaven and the streets are made of gold, you know he's got some. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm convinced God can take care of us. Anybody with me today? I didn't hear you online. You should be shouting. You should be jumping up. I believe God can take care of all our needs. If I didn't believe it, I wouldn't preach it. But I really believe no matter what the situation, no matter how difficult it is, no matter what the creditors say, and they're coming to take my two boys, I still believe, even though it may be the midnight hour, maybe it's about to be D-Day, God will come through for you. He won't leave you stranded. And you say, well, I'd like God to be early. I would like God to be early. How many would like God to always be early? Raise your hand. Some of you are lying right now. You're telling a lie in church. I don't know how you can get away with that. I'd like God to always be early, but that's not how it works. Because it teaches us understanding. It teaches us patience. It teaches us faith. Oh, the virtues that the kids quoted to us today. It's amazing what can happen. Point number three is where in between point two and three today, I, I give you the response of Elisha. So go around, ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for a few. Now listen, if I was about to lose my two boys, Charles, I do not think I would be expecting the man of God to give me the solution to my problem is go ask my neighbors for some jars. Go get a jar from my neighbor. Make sure it's empty. What? I'd be saying, go get some jars. It's full. Get something in the jar. What's going to happen to my jar? It's empty. But that's what the man of God said. Don't ask for a few. Go get some empty jars. I don't know. How many would have said that? That's a good solution. I mean, that, I could see that a miracle is about to happen because God is going to ask me for some empty jars. Think about it. I mean, that, that, that's not the, the rational decision here. It's not really the rational response. Go get some empty jars. These jars can't be worth that much money. 
Even if she sold all that she could find, just the empty jar. But it had to do with the faith of the lady, I believe, from the beginning. What do you have? And all of a sudden, the, the one thing she had, she didn't say she had a bed. She didn't say she had a chair. She didn't say she had a television, which back in those days, they didn't have televisions. She didn't say she had a MacBook. She didn't say a, a computer. She didn't say. She said, I've got some oil. Now, I don't know if that would be the answer I would even give. What do I have in my house? I've got oil. What do you have in your house? You say, how is that going to be the solution? I don't know. Because I don't always think <laughs> the way I probably ought to think. Now, I'm a guy that has great faith. I believe that God can do anything. But sometimes when I read these Bible stories, I think, wow. I don't think I would be thinking that way. I'd be thinking, let's get a team of people together. Let's have a meeting. Let's get together and let's figure out how much money we could get with our group. And let's give the money to that lady and take care of the need. That's what I would be thinking. God doesn't always think like that. He says, hey, look, do it this way. Go ask your neighbors for some jars and don't ask for a few. No, when you think of it and look at it that way. I love the scripture from Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet. It's a light for my path. You want direction for your life? Use the word. Use his word. His word will always direct us in the right path. It'll direct us to the right solution. See, our answer is probably in the natural. His answer has always been the supernatural. His ways are not always our ways. And our ways are not always his ways. But I can tell you this, when you measure it all up, his ways are going to be better than our ways. That young lady in our church had no idea she was going to get a 45,000 euro scholarship. No idea. But she knew she needed a miracle. How'd that work out? God came through. With a little bit of time to spare, if you want to talk about God being early, she had to the end of the year. Now she's running out of time. I got you. From a whole different country. But God came through for her. I'm telling you this, my friend. I don't care where you're at in the world, sitting here in Rome or some other country. God will come through for you. Because his word is a lamp. It will direct me. It will help me. It will show me where to go and what to do. I love that. So what does that mean? Point number three means I've got to obey. Now I've got to obey. If God's going to speak to me, the man that God's going to show up in my town and help me, then I better obey what's going to be said. You see, you think this was easy for the lady? You think this was just something that came natural for this lady? I mean, think about it. This lady had to go around her neighbor's Knock on their door. Now, I'm sure the neighbors knew who this lady was. I'm sure they knew that this was a spiritual family, as I said in week number one. But now she's got to be almost begging. Her cry was, jars, jars, I need some jars. Can you see her knocking on door number one? And the lady walks out and hands her, a little jar. 
Now, I don't know what size jar this is in relationship to all the size of jars that were back in that day. But I've got one jar. I don't know what went through that lady's mind at that moment. I can know what was going through the two boys' mind. Because they were with her on this task. I don't know if they completely understood they were about to lose their identity with their mom. But I do know they were grieving because their dad was dead. His, the dad was gone. No more fishing trips. No more fun and games with dad. He was gone. I'm sure the boys were hurting. I'm sure the boys were a little bit lonely. And the mama has to break the news that, hey, I'm about to lose you. You're about to go to the man that we owe some money. So we got to go to the neighbors, the man of God said, and ask for some jars. Can you see the one little boy grabbing the jar? He was probably about eight years old. His name had to have been Oscar. It's not in the Bible. I just made that up. Oscar grabs the jar and says, I don't know what I'm holding this jar for, but my mama thinks we ought to do this because the man of God said we ought to do this. We're just obeying. For some of us, that's the hardest component of our life, to obey God's ways, to obey what God's asking us to do. So they go to door number two, and this lady maybe gives them a bigger pot. Maybe this lady gives them two pots. I don't know. But Oscar and Jose, how'd you get that, Pastor? You know, I told you about my mind. They had to have names. But in the Bible, they didn't give them names. So Oscar and Jose are are the boys that are holding the pots. And can you see them running back? Home, I've I've got three pots now. Now, I don't know how many pots we need, but my mama's going to the next door and to the next door. And she's asking, jars, jars, I need some jars. Because she's desperate. She don't know what to do. She's about to lose these two incredible little boys. I don't know about you. But if that man of God had told me to do that, that's exactly what I would have done. I would have obeyed what the man of God said. I wouldn't have put my twist on it. I wouldn't have put my two cents in the ball game. I would have just said, if this is what the man of God said and the man of God heard from God, then I'm going to obey because then this is all God's responsibility. Don't miss that point. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches through Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, if God puts you on this planet, then God's going to take care of you. If you will trust in God, you will believe in God, you will follow his ways, then God will provide for you. Even in the desperate situations of your life, when the creditors are about to walk in and take your two sons, God will show up. The man of God will show up into your town, will show up into your situation, and I can tell you that he will come through for you Bible said I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread when you look at that component that means God's going to take care of you 
you're a child of God, God's going to take care of you. If you're not a child of God, then today you can become a child of God. Believe on the Lord Jesus, and he'll forgive your sins. This story is down to the wire now. And the lady has gathered all the jars. They've taken the jars into the house. The man of God says, now close the door. Matter of fact, it says it just like this. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him, shut the door behind her and her two sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. Remember her jar from week number one. That's all she had. She had a little bit of olive oil in one little jar. So it goes to jar number one. Now I don't know what you think, but if I was Oscar or Jose, I'd be saying, where'd that oil come from? Oscar, what happened? Where'd that oil come from? Now we're in the big jar. Mm, that jar smaller than that jar. Do the math. It's filled. But my God shall supply all my need. Say how that's going to work, I don't know. But he always has an abundance of supply. He's never going to run short. The oil's going to keep flowing. It's going to keep going. The need's going to be met. The miracle's going to happen. I don't care what you got in your house. God's about to turn your miracle into the promises. My God! Jar number three, jar number four, jar number five. I don't know how many jars they had. But everyone was filled. Then the oil stopped. Boy, there's a whole nother message on that. What if they had gotten two more? You know the answer? They didn't need two more. Because the Bible says that what happened next was, an, was the miracle. Not only did the lady obey, she went and got all the jars that she could. Not only did she close the door so nobody from the outside was looking in. I'm sure the neighbors were gossiping. Are you listening to me? I'm sure the neighbors were saying, what is that jar lady doing with them jars? All them people in that, all, the, all them jars that I gave that lady, what, what is she doing with them jars? But when the doors were open and the miracle was before their eyes, here was a lady that had one jar of olive oil and now she has a house filled with jars of oil how'd God do that I don't know how'd God split the Red Sea how'd God turn water into wine how did God heal Lazarus who was dead did you listen to me how did God come out of the tomb miracle Miracle. If God can do miracles in Bible days, he can do miracles today. You say, how do you know that? I just know of a young lady this week that got an incredible miracle. From our hour of power prayer on Wednesday night, that prayer prayed. How do you have a prayer meeting where over a thousand people join you every single Wednesday night? Prayer. Prayer meetings, normally there's 10 people to show up. 
We have a prayer meeting, over a thousand people show up. I don't know how that works, but the answers, people keep bombarding us with the answers. You prayed for my dad, and there is no more cancer. You prayed for this situation, and God provided. You prayed for that, and all of a sudden, another answer happens. I'm telling you, God will come through for you. But you've got to ask. You've got to obey. You've got to do your part. If you do your part, there's always a solution. You see, God sees your need. You may be in the need situation today. God may use different ways to supply your need. He may use some preacher that's Italian and American to tell you, look, the jar lady is a great illustration of the attitude of our heart that should say, whatever God asks me to do, that's what I'm willing to do. See, God will ask you to be a part of the answer to a prayer. You say, I've never heard that before. I'm going to say it again. God may ask you to be a part of the answer to the prayer. Now, I'm going to change that. God's going to ask you to be a part of the answer to your prayer. And it's going to take you some having some faith. Maybe that's why the title of the whole series is <laughs> Faith Moves. <laughs> Our giving. Some of you have not been a, a practicer of giving. You've, you've kind of done your own thing for your life, and, and you've, you've done okay. But I'm telling you, you're missing out on the blessings of God. I'm telling you. Listen to your pastor today. You're missing out on the blessings of God. Someone told me the other day when I asked, person asked for prayer, I don't have any funds. What can I do? I said, God you could use your talents and your time. Let's pray for that. It's the same person that God this week gave 45,000 euro in a scholarship. What a humble person to ask that kind of response. I have no income. What can I give to God? It happened right here. Maybe that's your question today. I don't have the income. What can I do? Give your time and your talent. There's always a way that you can use your time and talent for the Lord. We got people that have to clean this building instantly when you walk out that door. So the next group of people, we meet all the COVID restrictions. You talk about God looking down on those people saying, yay. It's a simple task to pick up a rag and wipe a chair. But they're using their time and their talent. You say, how much talent does it need? It needs a lot of talent to wipe a chair. But I'm here to tell you today, God's looking at your heart to say, what will you give? There should be no question in anyone's mind when the pastor asks you to be generous next week to give something to missions. And there shouldn't be one person in this room who says, I ain't giving nothing. You have because God provides. Be generous in your giving. If it's one euro, give one euro so that we can give more. We're not going to keep the money. We're going to give it away. I want to give gifts at Christmas time. We were talking this year, how are we going to give the gifts to the children? We're not, we got all these social, we're going to give gifts to the children this year. I'm not going to skip because we got a COVID-19. Our church gives gifts to children at Christmas time. We're going to give gifts to children. We're not going to skip Christmas because we have COVID-19. We're going to be generous. I'm asking you 
to have heard the heart of a pastor today. And know that God's going to take care of all of your needs. I promise you. But you've got to be faithful to obey. How can I help you? What do I have in my house? In his house is blessings forevermore. Would you stand with me, please? Thank you for joining me, live stream audience. You've been a real blessing to watch us today. I pray God takes care of you. And I'm about to lead you in a prayer on our live stream audience. Say it. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. From this day forward, for the rest of my life, I will live for you. The things I was doing that were sin, I won't do anymore because you've just changed my life. And I thank you, Lord, for answering this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you just said that prayer, that's the best prayer you've ever prayed. And I can tell you that God's got great plans for your life. In a moment, there'll be some information that you'll see online that you can follow up because the relationship doesn't stop now. We've started a relationship where we're going to help you on this journey with Christ. Maybe you've listened to this prayer today and now you're saying, man, I got another need. Or maybe you've already given your life to Christ and you say, I need a miracle. Well, this pastor, this church believes in miracle. And so I want to pray a prayer for you right now that God will do a miracle for you. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for my friends that have listened today. God, there's nothing too big for you. You said we can ask anything according to your will, and you hear us. And Lord, when you hear us, you respond to us. And Lord, right now, there are people that are praying prayers all over the world, and they're asking you for a miracle. So God, no matter what it is, I pray right now, you will touch them, you will answer their prayer, and a miracle will happen for them as we pray this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you said that prayer, I can tell you, I can't wait to hear the results of that prayer. So if you just send us a note, the information will be there right after you see this video, and you can say, I want to send that guy a note to tell him what God has done for my life. We love you. And remember, God's got a plan for your life.